Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Football Outsiders Livecast. I'm Aaron Schatz, Editor-in-Chief of Football Outsiders. It is Thursday, March 24th, 2022. I am joined, as always, by Mike Tanier and also today by Football Outsiders writer Rob Weintraub to talk some more about the unstoppable train that is the NFL offseason, not just free agency, but trades, including three big trades that have been made since last we did this show last Thursday. Um, you know, the free it's interesting. Free agency has actually slowed down this week. I'm a little surprised mm -hmm. by how many free agents are still out there. Mm -hmm. But it feels like there's been a gigantic trade every single day. Yes. Yes. It's one o'clock. Have we had one today? Yeah, no, today. I keep waiting for Tom Brady's been <laughs> traded to the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Baker Mayfield to the Buccaneers, man. That's the one we're looking it's for. It's a big one, yeah. Yeah, well, he's a better backup than Kyle Trask, that's for sure. <laughs> that's, um, that's so we, we're going to go through Mike's grades. Mike's walkthrough today did grades for free agency for all 32 teams so far. We'll go through the best and worst teams in a little bit, but first – Let's just talk about these big, big trades that happened since uh, we last did the show. And we'll start with the first one, which I think is the biggest one, which is Deshaun Watson. It, it's the biggest one in terms of both football and societal impact. <laughs> yeah. And that is Deshaun Watson being traded uh, from Houston to Cleveland for a large package of picks. Well, it was Deshaun Watson and a fifth rounder. <laughs> yes, don't forget the traded, fifth. Yeah, <laughs> traded Cleveland for six different draft picks. So I heard it wasn't going to happen if not for that fifth round sweetness. <laughs> yeah, that, you need to have that to make that trade uh, equal. One interesting thing about it is it doesn't like suddenly refurbish Houston all of a sudden. Like I think four of the picks, maybe five of the picks, were for 2023 and 2024. Um, but I don't know, let's get your guys's take on, you know, the, the rumors were that, you know, Watson had this no trade clause and he could decide where he was going to go. And he had ruled out Cleveland and then Carolina, and it was going to be between New Orleans and Atlanta, which is where he's from. And then all of a sudden the word came down, he had reconsidered and now he's in Cleveland. There was even video of him today in the building in Cleveland with a Browns jacket on. So this Deshaun Watson in orange is absolutely real. Uh, what do you guys think about the trade? Obviously, Rob, yeah, you're not a big fan of it as a Bengals fan. How do you feel about having Deshaun Watson in your division now? Well, there's, uh, you know, as long as he gets suspended for the 88 games, which he should be, uh, if we go by the Roethlisberger sliding scale, right? Because <laughs> one uh, accusation for four games, so with 22, just doing the math. Um, obviously, I don't feel great that uh, the Browns got a much better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Uh, remains to be seen. I think the idea that all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl just because they got Deshaun Watson is a little farce, but... Um, you know, I, it, it's just, I feel like the Bengals broke the Browns brains Boy, that was alliterative, uh, a little bit, you know, the idea that the, the Cincinnati kind of leapt leapfrogged right over the Browns who were the ones who were supposed to go to the Super Bowl last year. And not only didn't it happen and they kind of collapsed internally, but there was Cincinnati cross state rivals, uh, on the cusp of the Lombardi trophy that really made them go even more all out than they were probably already, uh, you know, kind of thinking internally that they wanted to do and to not just trade all those picks, but to Bob Beeman, the uh, guaranteed money ever <laughs> granted to another player, in uh -huh. this case, Aaron Rodgers. Remember him? I haven't talked about him in a while. Um, you know, giving, giving to Sean $230 million guaranteed dollars. Obviously, the, that was the main reason that Watson decided all of a sudden to uh, put Cleveland back into his plans and waive the no trade clause going to Cleveland. Uh, and forgetting about the hometown ties. So I feel like that's an awful lot to uh, to give to a player who who knows how, what his availability will be and really who knows how long it's going to be between games, you know, that he's played. And even when he does come back after, let's say, a year and a half to a year and three quarters, uh, finally getting on the field, you know, this is not – I, I 
I think he's an outstanding quarterback, but let's not exactly put him just yet in the Mahomes, uh, Rogers, mm-hmm. Brady class. He's not going to win him a title all by himself. And there's certainly be rust and a lot of uh, getting to know the old teammates factor as well. Long term, though, if he you know does what they got him to do and win games and get him on the into the playoff mix every year, fans aren't in Cleveland aren't going to care. The rest of uh, the rest of America may or may not. We'll see what the attention span is. It's usually pretty small, so. I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, great, <laughs> great hopes and uh, people not counting their success. Uh, but I know I won't. Uh, no matter what they do, it'll always have a black mark next to it because of uh, this move. But, you know, even if they did it with Mayfield, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be particularly fond of it anyway. So I'm the wrong guy to ask, perhaps. The, uh, the Browns are currently plus 175 to win the AFC East, I, I wouldn't touch that for the to win the AFC North or to win the AFC, AFC North. Excuse me, AFC North. Thank you. And meanwhile, another grand jury is being convened yeah, exactly. in a different county to investigate the claims against Deshaun Watson. So there's a little bit of a dissonance uh, there between the expectations of the House and what we talk about on the field and what we're talking about off the field with this individual. And just to backtrack with the guaranteed money, pretty obviously that was what it was all about. The hometown love of the Atlanta Falcons and all of this stuff. They went to the Panthers and they asked the Panthers for that money and the Panthers balked. They reneged at that point. And that's when the Panthers disappeared. I'm sure he wouldn't mind have played for his hometown team, et cetera. All of this was ultimately about the guaranteed money, especially for somebody who may be facing a suspension. Yeah. It's interesting because you talked about Rob, like how long will we remember well, our memories last. I do worry that when guys have off-field difficulties having to do with sexual harassment, that we forget uh, we forget about it a little too easily. Yeah. Black yeah. Mark, you know. Um, I mean, um, Tyree Kill, we'll get to in a second, wasn't sexual harassment; it was domestic violence. But I still like, like we've all forgotten why it is that Kansas City was able to get him in the fifth round in the first place. Right. You have to keep reminding yourself of that and reminding yourself of that. And, I mean, I definitely feel felt like when the deal was made, like for all of us in the analytics world, at least, who sort of rooted for the Browns a little bit as the organization that carried our flag, there was this real deflating feeling of, oh, oh my God, like, oh, where the, you know, this is the team that's going to do this, like, yeah. But somebody had to, and somebody was going to. He's just too good on the field for every team to have ignored him. Um, you know, it's a tragedy of the commons kind of thing, right? If if the the league, if every team had gotten together and said, this guy can't play again, that's one thing. But right. as long as he was going to play again, you wanted him to play for you. If you want to win titles, you want the best quarterback possible. And I think for me, as I, I've kind of given up on the concept of consequences. Like the NFL providing consequences for these players, that 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 should be the legal system. That should be the world. The world. Yeah, I agree with that. Man. Right. Um, but then there's a difference between no consequences and getting everything you want despite this. And that's the part that I trip over yeah. with Watson in this. It's like it's like, oh, you you did these things. These allegations are out there. They're credible. But here's more guaranteed money. Here's teams bending over backwards for you. And it's almost like a pendulum swing so far in the other direction. Not only are there no consequences, but you are now beyond Aaron Rodgers in terms of your unassailability of how we're going to treat you. And that's the part that like digs in a little harder. I, I've gotten used to having to have a little bit of amnesia about Tyreek Hill, about some of these other guys, because we, we got to write about them every week. We can't trip over them every time we mention DVOA and say, oh, and here's a disclaimer. You can't do it. It's not, it's not really feasible. So I've had that amnesia for a while, but now it's like, oh, God, this guy is like king of the NFL, despite all of these things that are going on around him. Yeah, you can't bake it into the algorithm there to uh, to make the numbers uh, factor yeah, yeah. in what the guy's evil past or evil doings may have been. And he can hand off to Kareem Hunt every now and again, which will be a nice little, uh, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> felonious oh, time. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's another guy who we all get amnesia about, but we have to put a little asterisk next to his name every time you think about it. Right. Yeah, and um, it's uh, it, it's just amazing the way the NFL it, it's they changed the they changed the conversation even as you know the uh, an executive with the Cowboys is getting uh, you know ding for the same sort of thing for keeping <laughs> ding various other uh, you know uh, off off field things you want to turn the page on and, and Calvin Ridley's gambling we don't hear anything about that anymore and uh, the various That's other. Yeah, I mean, but it's 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 
what you have to do as a fan, like that's my phone, ding it. Uh, is that your phone? That is my phone, yes. Get that baby on silent, Robert. Angels yes. are getting their wings, Zuzu. That's what's happening that's, here. That's Deshaun Watson checking in saying, how dare you talk to me? Don't you know I'm worth 230 million guaranteed dollars? Come on, you can't say these things to me, about me. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and further to Mike's point, uh, I, I, you know that's what he is now. He's he's above it all. He's above the law. He's by the by the way that things are measured in the NFL among the players. Anyway, he who has the most guaranteed dollars, you know, is is the champ. And uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you've done, particularly off the field, unless you actually go to jail for it. It seems like so. Uh, it's 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 really a, it makes it ever so much harder to root and watch the games and have that cognitive dissonance, but that's what we do for a living, so I guess we have to. Coral Skipper says, as someone who adopted the Browns after the Rams left St. Louis because I went to college in Ohio, this makes it easy to drop the team. My fandom was not the strongest already, but just no. And don't, don't forget if you are watching us live on Twitch and Facebook and YouTube, you can comment. Uh, We will respond to your comments and take your questions. If you're listening to us afterwards on the Football Outsiders Podcast Network, you should really be tuning into the live stream on YouTube or Twitch at 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays so that you can ask questions. Um, Jim Schultz, we're going to get to Tyreek in a moment, says, you guys mentioning Tyreek Hill reminds me of the Bears hiring of Jason Poles at GM and never seeing any media member ask him about player characters, such as Hill or Kansas City trading for Frank Clark. Um, Yeah, it was interesting. You know, Kansas City has Hill and Frank Clark, and yet they cut Kareem Hunt, but then Cleveland picked up. You know, I mean, where teams make a stand on these things, it's it's almost like if you are the team that – if you're the team that has the player when he first gets caught doing something awful, you have to cut him. Right. But right. then any other team can pick him up and we all forget yeah. about it. Because yeah, you can do, oh, well, we're doing a re- second chances, redemption. We have him seeing a counselor, you know, who is like his coordinator or something like that. There's only, there's only one place the line is drawn, and that's at Colin Kaepernick, obviously. Uh, that you can't do. Everything else, fair game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a response to that. <laughs> <laughs> Just blowing up this stream, baby. We got nowhere else to go. Trades, free agency. Who cares about all this? We're getting into deep societal uh, problems now. And, and yes, Bill Houston is correct that the stand that teams make is predicated on how much evidence is made public and then picked up on by mainstream or media. Is there video or, or is it just, you know, the agate type? That's basically what it boils down to. Yep. Yeah. Um, speaking of Rob saying that um, whoever has the most guaranteed money wins, let's talk about wide receivers. It's a Tyron Kill trade, but actually the Devontae Adams trade was also since we last did this show. Oh, my God. Right? That was Thursday night of last week. I don't remember. I don't and remember then, anymore. It's all blind. You I'll sit say. down at nine o'clock in the morning to start work and like nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden within three hours, we do uh Tyreek Hill talks are breaking down. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, Ty- Tyreek Hill uh, is asked for a trade. Tyreek Hill is going to be traded to either the Miami Dolphins or the New York Jets. And then Tyreek Hill is traded to the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. And it happened right. within about three hours. Right, right. Whoa. That's what made it so amazing as opposed to, you know, everything else that's happened. At least there was some buzz and a little bit of speculation, some smoke around that fire. And this really came out of nowhere, which, you know, with cheetah-like speed, dare I say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Devontae Adams thing came out of nowhere, too. I never would have expected that Las Vegas would be the team. Talks about Carr and him wanting to get together. I mean, I grant you the actual trade came out. Nowhere, it makes but, more sense than the Hill and Miami thing, but yeah. yeah. And you know, he had said that he wouldn't play on the franchise tag, and there was right. a little bit of bad blood between him and the front office. Like it didn't come as a complete, you know, right hook out of out of left field, so to but speak. But it was like it was like this team obviously has one job. The Packers have one job is right. to keep Aaron Rodgers happy. What is part of that job? Keep Devontae Adams happy. How do you do it? Restructure it any way possible, and they screwed it up. That's the surprise for me because with Kansas City, there's the feeling of we want to be in this every year. If we have to sacrifice a little in the short term to stay so we're a top team in the long term every year, 
we have a long time with Mahomes and we yeah. want to be near the top every year. Yeah. With Green sure. Bay, the feeling is we got a year, yeah. maybe two. Yes. Win now. now. Yes. Yes. Two very different, I mean, very similar things where the top receiver goes away. Two very different windows they should have been aiming for. Uh, CEO of the Legend says, regarding the Adams trade, the Packers now have two first-round picks. Do you think there's a chance they take two receivers with those picks? And their plan is to give Rodgers two first-round receivers to try to win a Super Bowl with during the remainder of his contract. I want them to draft no wide receivers in the first round. I want them to draft no wide receivers. I want to see what happens. I want to hear what I, what Aaron Rodgers says on the Joe Rogan podcast the next day. <sighs> you <laughs> The, the ground will shake here in New Jersey. It will be everywhere. Um, right. I, I see the legend in, on the draft show on Tuesday. I mocked two wide receivers to the Packers, and I kind of called it Aaron Rodgers fanfic uh, that I did it. Um, <laughs> I think they should. I think it's a reasonable thing to do. I can't imagine them doing it. And Derek Klassen and Thor Nystrom did not mock two receivers to them. They knocked one wide receiver and then an edge rusher. I don't know. Is there mm-hmm. a 240-pound running back they can tra- uh, draft oh, instead? That's what they do. Brees Hall. I will say, given the the depth of the wide receivers in this class, like it's not – I mean, the odds that the receiver that gets drafted at the end of the first round is as good as Hill or Adams is tiny. Right. But the odds that that receiver is a useful player are pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they can get a dude in the first, dude in the second, who are good receivers in this draft. Yeah. I mean, they might not um, be Demar Chase or Justin Jefferson, but they'll they'll be productive enough. I've seen some arguments online – that the Chiefs were eventually going to have to build the post-Tyreek Hill offense, given his age. So they might as well start it a year early rather than a year late. Might as well give up. It's but hard. So that trade apply. does feel a little bit like giving up. Like, this Kansas City has not – I mean, it's tough because I, I want to criticize them for not having a good offseason. But at the same time – the biggest criticism is the lack of depth on the defense right. plus the Hill trade, but the Hill trade helps make up for the lap. De- the idea is they have all these picks. Now they'll take some defensive players and improve the defense. Yeah. You can, you can see the road forward with this. It makes sense, but to rewrite this as some sort of optimal decision that you take away one of the, one of the three or four best non quarterbacks in the NFL and erase him and sort of ch- take away that thing that made the chiefs, the chiefs, Yes. To say that, oh, well, you know, that's good because from a resource management standpoint, now you've got extra third-round picks and all. It's a little yeah, – Plus, I, it was I, like the, the nature of the negotiations. It's like apparently from the outside, it seems like Hill comes in and says, I want more money guaranteed than Devontae Adams. And Kansas yeah. is like, no, we're trading you. You know, like, whoa. Well, <laughs> I don't think it was that severe, trade. but that was it. I think he dug in pretty hard. Uh, yeah, but, they both did. And right, you know, the they, solu- Yeah, the solution is you want – Come to the table, do the extension with us. We'll pay for your third age, thirty-two year, thirty-three right. we'll year. Get, we'll give you something in the back end, or we'll we'll take care of you in another way. You know, we're the guys who drafted you, and and as we alluded right. to just before, you know, we're the ones who took the PR hit for for bringing you in and drafting right. you in the first place, and we made you basically. You know, I mean, he'd be good anywhere, but you know, with with Mahomes, obviously, that combination would not have been exactly the same anywhere else. It just feels like it was so. Uh, just like almost stubbornness on both sides and just causes a trade that didn't have to happen. I mean, yeah. you know, I you, like again, you can see, you can see the logic of the chief saying, all right, we're, this has gone too far. Let's pivot and let's go to the other solution. Yeah, sure. You see it. It's yeah. just, I, I just feel like, as you said, I think on Twitter, it's like the Beatles breaking up. It's kind of yeah. like, boy, you'd think that for what something so special that they had and came together out of nowhere, they just tried a little bit harder to keep it together, but you know, that's football, I guess. Yeah. Uh, CO the legend says, are the chiefs still a Super Bowl contender without Hill? I think, uh, yes, they, I mean, the, the defense oh, doesn't look good, but as long as you have the best quarterback in the game, yep. you are a Super Bowl contender, like yep. less of one, but definitely one. They have the best tight end. They have the best quarterback. AFC odds bills plus three thirty. Chiefs plus 550, Chargers plus 850, Broncos plus 850. So, yeah, they're still number two in the AFC. That's where I would rank them. The thing is, I would rank them very clearly number two in the AFC. And yeah, also, they're definitely – I mean, the the real winners of the Hill trade were the Buffalo Bills. Yes. Well, and the, yeah. and the Dolphins. The rest of the AFC West, too. I mean, you know, yeah. and that's part of the reason why you don't 
it's not like losing Hill in a, in a vacuum makes them necessarily less of a Super Bowl contender, but the fact that everybody else around them improved and they at least take half a step backwards because of this doesn't help their chances either. Bill Houston asks, optimal would have been the Chiefs re-signing Hill before free agency started. Well, he yeah. wasn't a free agent. Why don't more teams re-sign key free agents during the season before the market goes crazy? Right. He'll want an extension. He was not a free agent. But that is an interesting question about Adams. Right. I mean, why did the Packers not try to re-sign Adams during the season? And my guess is that they they did. Like sometimes players say I'm not negotiating during the season. Yeah. Sometimes they do negotiate, but they just don't come to an agreement during the season. I mean, there are extensions that get agreed on during the season. It does. Over the last two years, the covid shortened cap has caused it made it hard to create those situations. (laughs) So teams that like to do that couldn't necessarily plan to do that. That was part of the thing, too. And I think there's a certain uh, feeling among general managers or league-wide that you don't want – A, you don't want to be at the top of the wide receiver market ever if you can avoid it, and B, because of the corollary is because of the huge raft of uh, incoming wideouts that are are provided by college football every year, it's Mm -hmm. it's really not good business to do that. So I think that factors in. Obviously, players like Hill and Adams – yeah, that's a little bit above that conversation, but right. I think there's that, that all weighs into it. Part of the reason you don't want to just give a guy a huge contract in the middle of your season, besides what it also does to your locker room and for your future uh, offseason planning, that also factors into it. So the other big trade, before we run down those free agency grades, the other big trade, Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I think I'm higher on this trade than Mike is because, Mike, you think Ryan is pretty toasty, and I think that he could definitely still have something left. But it is true that Indianapolis has caught itself in this kind of crazy cycle of a new old quarterback every year. I mean, they they tried to build something by getting Wentz, but that – clearly didn't work so now if this is the philip rivers thing all over again there's no future plan here it's try to win the division and then hope something happens in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and then try something again the year later and try something and it becomes more expensive and uh again i know i'm on a island in terms of how washed i think matt ryan is i'm going to stand on that island but like no matter what he's on the downside he's going to be 38 they're already changing his contract around this extending money to 2023 2024 it's a short-term plan and it's a short-term plan that again, we, we saw that two years ago. Hey, it was great. I, I was arguing with Colts fans on Twitter. It's like, we won 11 games. That was a success. It's like, do you remember how that season with rivers ended with him throwing interceptions all over creation and the team falling off the pace and then kind of farting in the playoffs. That's the kind of thing you could be risking with went uh, with, with Wentz, with Ryan this year <laughs> and next year. And I don't necessarily see a lot of upside beyond that. Yeah, well, it's like two different arguments, right? It's like the Colts don't have a plan. They keep, you know, kind of uh, lily padding from one you know, <laughs> temporary thing to another. But in this case, I do happen to think that Ryan has a little bit more left than uh, than you might, Mike. And also yeah. that given where they were a week or whatever, 24 hours before they got Ryan and where they are now, or at least, yeah. you know, there's long-term planning and then there's, you know, let's get through this year with a good team and, you know, try and compete and why not? Uh, you know, they did the best they could with the, the hand they kind of gave themselves, the crappy solitaire hand they dealt themselves. But, you know, I give, I give uh, Chris Ballard credit for at least being agile enough to, you know, pounce on the opportunity that was there to, to upgrade because otherwise they were really in trouble. And, you know, they're viable. And, and then in that division, obviously, they have a good chance to host a playoff game at this stage at the season where they were before getting Ryan, that's, that's a pretty good place to, uh, to wind up. They took the Andrew Luck retirement and turned it into a four-year emergency. They really have. I mean, Operating that, that part of it is four years. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, you'd think at this stage by now, Jim Irsay himself would have, uh, I don't know, he'd, he'd have gotten Arch Manning, the uh, 18-year-old, just to come and play with us. And, uh, you, know, you know, <laughs> Um, CJ first year says, if you are rebuilding like Atlanta, don't you need some scaffolding? I'm not sure I understand the question. Screw the Falcons. No Falcons. I'm not talking about Falcons. 
<laughs> I would just say it's been a between Ryan and Freddie Freeman's departure. It's been a it's been a rough <laughs> week down here for Atlanta icons. You know, you look at Trey Young now is all they have. But that's, uh, that's not necessarily something to grasp onto with both hands. Much as but I'm you have a, who's the first baseman they signed instead of um, Matt Olson? Good player. I mean, by our analytics, you know, sort of metrics based analysis, they did the right thing. But on the other hand. They just won the World Series, and he's an icon, Freddie, here. So uh, it, was, it was a tough – you know, people will forget by July, as always, if Matt Olson has 30 home runs. But uh, it's it, it was definitely a, t- a tough one-two punch for the uh, for the two uh, white icons of Atlanta. So I'll just say that. <laughs> here, we here we go. Just saying. Oh, all right. I'm coming from I'm coming off the top rope today, baby. No, before no, we both let that blow things up. All right, let's look at Mike's top five winners of the offseason so far. We actually have a graphic for this. Uh top five winners of the offseason so far. And in the grades, in the free agency grades, all these teams got A's. So let's start with the Buffalo Bills and how much you love their offseason. Our new AFC favorites, the Buffalo Bills. Well, Von Miller, that's that. And we just kind of stop there. We can't really just stop there because it wasn't just Von Miller. It was re-signings. I think last show we talked about getting Isaiah McKenzie for peanuts. Yeah. Okay, getting him to re-sign. Mitch Morse re-signed with them. Um, just re- this, this added Jamison Crowder. I think Jamison Crowder, in place of Cole Beasley, is a net positive in terms of the slot guy and what the slot guy is going to be capable of. The other slot guy. We're at the point where we're talking about the other slot guy yeah. uh, in, in, the, in the Buffalo Bills offense. And just top to bottom, it is so difficult to sort of sharpen the spear point when you're at the Buffalo Bills level and legitimately improve when so many teams are backsliding, and, and that's what they did in this offseason. The only thing I would worry about with them is losing Levi Wallace, right, affecting yeah. their cornerback depth. Right. But if they lived without Tredavious White for a half a season, right. they yeah. can get Tredavious White back and live without Levi Wallace. And they can draft someone and right. that can give them depth. Picked up O.J. Howard, too, right? That was a nice yeah. little under-the-radar yep. buy that uh, you know gives them another depth hole. I mean, it's they can throw to two guys at the same position at every position. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Tampa Bay gets an A. How much credit did you give them for Tom Brady unretiring? Because both Tom Brady retiring and Tom Brady unretiring are off-season moves. They are off-season moves, and it's it's a ton. And I guess they do deserve actual credit for waiting and keeping that money set aside and not going out and trading and going out and pursuing Deshaun and just let's just wait and see. And they did, and everything came up roses. And then they get Carlton Davis back, you know, at, sort of as a result. They make the trade for Shaq Mason. And now we're at the point, and I, I was going to save this joke for the Patriots part, where, you know, you know, Shaq Mason gets traded away from the Patriots so he can win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Leonard Fournette uses the Patriots as a leverage negotiating tool so he can get more money to go back and win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. We are through the looking glass here. But the <laughs> Buccaneers, overall, the Buccaneers, again, they're losing guys. And one of the things I tried to keep in mind when I did the grades is there's a lot, like, like Aaron said at the beginning of the show, a lot of free agents in the wind right now. A lot of Damakong Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul and Honey Badger and all these guys are still in the wind. A lot of them are going to be gone. A lot of them, there's not going to be the money left when it happens. But the Buccaneers have done an outstanding job keeping the Brady core together in a conference, which you'll see Joey sucks when we get to the bad grades, but the conference where a lot of the other contenders kind of fell off the back end. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a genius move uh, by the Buccaneers to uh, send Bruce Arians off into a quiet corner and not let him screw it up somehow when Brady was thinking about coming back and to say, oh. yeah, we welcome you with open arms, baby. Come on back. <laughs> Always forget. I, I, your top two off seasons definitely could be our Super Bowl matchup. It could be. I mean, Buffalo and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is now second, second in the NFC. Are they the Are they the favorites in the NFC? I thought last I looked, but I could be wrong on that. Plus three fifty, Tampa Bay Buccaneers to reach the Super Bowl to win the NFC. Plus, they're the favorites in the NFC right now. Yeah. Yep. And Buffalo is the favorites in the AFC. Uh, but it's now Happy National Cheesesteak Day, says Todd Singer. I have not yet celebrated. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know. This is when somebody reminds me it's Ash Wednesday and I have to run and put something on my forehead before my mom. You have to put cheesesteak on your forehead. Yes, yeah, so a little cheesesteak cross on my head and then the rest of cheesesteak in my mouth. Thank you for reminding me, Todd. Uh, we Philadelphia will not, I believe, they're not one of the NFC teams on the bottom five. 
<laughs> uh, Cincinnati is in the top five. The rest of the top five is the AFC because the AFC, the AFC has stomped all over the NFC. Unbelievable. In, it's it's remarkable yes. in the in this offseason. It is incredible how much talent has gone either from bad AFC teams to good AFC teams right. like Deshaun Watson or from NFC teams to AFC teams like Devontae Adams. Is it like, at the point of the 80s where the NFC was so dominant for that long stretch and we saw them, you know, 49ers, Giants, Cowboys, et cetera, just stomp all over uh, AFC My teams, guess is that the top today? couple of NFC teams will be competitive with all those AFC teams, but the middle of the the middle right. of the conferences, there's a huge difference. Massive, yeah. Right now, there's a huge difference between the 8th, ninth, 10th teams yes. in the AFC and the 8th, ninth, 10th teams i mean imagine if the patriots were in the nfc east or the or the dolphins imagine yeah, if the patriots or the dolphins were the were in the nfc east right now instead of the afc east absolutely by the um, way quick prop for you dolphins plus 160 to reach the playoffs dolphins at plus 160 to reach the playoffs after the tyreek that is lower than 50 percent. i know that's unusual i'm surprised it's yeah. interesting it's interesting because the problem is look at who they're competing with denver so wild card depth yeah. And and the Chargers right. and the the Ravens with a real with an easier schedule and which is not as easy as it looked because now Cleveland has Deshaun Watson but an right. easier schedule and all those players coming back from injury and uh, and all the AFC West teams and Cincinnati and Cleveland and well let's be honest the AFC South is going to put one team in the playoffs whoever wins the division but. Uh, that's an interesting – I don't know what our projections will say. I don't know if our projections will have Miami going to the playoffs 50% of the time. I don't know. It's an interesting prop. Yeah. I'm not going to play a playoff prop on you know March 24th, but I it, it crossed my radar, certainly. So Cincinnati, Robert, we've got you here. Lael Collins, huge, like so obvious like that it needed to be done. Uh, yeah. Perfect match for Cincinnati. Uh, because if there's any lineman that they were going to have hope that that lineman could improve, it would be Jonah Williams at left tackle. So they've left Jonah Williams and they've they've just filled three other offensive line spots, improved okay. the three other offensive line spots. Yeah. So it didn't I break the bank. Yeah, it didn't break the bank to do it. I mean, you know, they gave Alex Kappa and Ted Karras decent contracts, but hardly anything that's going to make your eyebrows shoot up out of your head. And then uh, <laughs> Lyle Collins, as you mentioned, the, the uh, actual details kind of just got released today, and they are extremely favorable to the Bengals mm. market, based, as you would hope, given Collins' injury history and also history of shenanigans, shall we, uh, shall we say. Uh, it's based a lot on, you know, his snaps and his games played. So, uh, they they protected themselves there, and yeah, he uh, if he's on the field for the entirety of the season or anywhere close, that's obviously a massive upgrade over what they've been trotting out of right tackle. I mean, they haven't had a good right tackle really since Willie uh, Anderson. I mean, mm -hmm. they you know had uh, a lot of a lot of Andre Smiths and Bobby Hart, <laughs> and you know just kind of garbage. And like last year in the Super Bowl, they were forced to play a, a you know a street free agent swing tackle who they like but is not nearly anywhere close to uh, the level of a, of a Collins uh, so obviously now they have a, a structure in place they'll probably move Jackson Carmen who they uh, drafted in the second round last year over to left guard and give him every opportunity probably give him a battle with Dante Smith another second year guy uh, and maybe bring back Quentin Spain who played well at left guard last year so you know three three-headed challenge in camp and the other four positions are set. Obviously, it's 10 times better than what they came into last so year. Do you expect Karras to play center, not to play left? For right? the moment, yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, barring something happening like uh, a Tyler Linderbaum slipping the 31st pick where the oh. Bengals uh, choose and they get him, you know, then you then, but that's the thing. Karras can move over and you have that flexibility too. There was a possibility that if they didn't get a center and just got another guard, they would leave themselves that big hole in the middle and then they'd have to be praying uh, that Linderbaum fell to them or go back you know, to a Trey Hopkins who they didn't necessarily want to do that either. So it worked out really well. They got flexibility. They got guys who can play multiple positions and they got uh, what Frank Pollock, the offensive line coach, likes to call glass eaters, You know, guys who are super tough and, and uh, are from winning programs for the most part. That's what they like to uh, have in Cincy and that was a big part of the culture change that brought them to the Super Bowl last year. And, you know, I feel like uh, not that they're going to go back necessarily, but they've put themselves in a position to certainly compete again. 
loss uh okay we'll take this from bill houston a tangential bengals question take this quickly Rob, <laughs> do you feel the super bowl was fairly officiated uh of course not it was a giant rook job from start to finish and the yeah that, that uncalled Blatant I mean, pass interference was really. Yeah, it was fairly but, officiated in that it was officiated poorly on both sides. You want to go that way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there is a little orange dot on the map, on the map of the United States of people who actually think that. Just so you know, just a tiny orange little. Yeah, I will say to Bill Houston, I do not think this is like Super Bowl 40. Right. There are a lot of people who are not fans of the two teams thought the officiating was weird. I think right. most people. Yeah. I think that the couple of questionable calls on the Bengals late sort of are 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 um, canceled out by the lack of the offensive pass interference on T. Higgins, and it ends up being pretty equal. And to the point that we were just discussing, when I close my eyes at night and visit the demons of just barely losing the Super Bowl, and that'll stay with me forever, what I think back to is the last play when Jamar Chase broke wide open and, and Joe Burrow with just another second, half a second, to be able to throw and keep Donald off of him. Would have thrown the game-winning touchdown pass in perfect, uh, you know, in a perfect way to uh, the rookie that made the team go, Jamar Chase, and that would have been, uh, the, you know, the thing that got them the Super Bowl. And he didn't have that half second, which is why they spent so much uh, went after these guys on the on the line for free agency. But I don't think about the Logan Wilson call, and I don't think about the T. Higgins non-call. I, you know, that 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 balanced it out. It wasn't about the officiating. There you go. All right, Mike's. Fourth A, he gives the five A's. The Los Angeles Chargers, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, uh, your boy J.C. Jackson coming out of the Patriots, Sebastian Day. Uh, most of these are a little bit older because they, they, they kind of hit early in free agency. Wait, they, added Everett. they added a tight end uh, who is a pretty good all-purpose tight end and I think is a good fit for a team that doesn't not going to have a lot of balls to go around to their tight end, just a nice little pickup. The Chargers just sort of keep on winning in the offseason here and doing the things they have to do to take that big next step while they still have Herbert on the rookie contract. Yeah, they have a ton of talent. I mean, they're sort of Rams-esque with the team they share their building with. Uh, and the difference is, you know, they didn't, uh, didn't have to mortgage a ton really to I, get these guys. They are uh, so clearly, yeah. to me, the most likely team to go from out of the playoffs to into the playoffs. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, well, their DVOA was high and 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 not as high as Seattle, but Seattle got rid of players and the Chargers just added a bunch. So so you would put them ahead of the Ravens, even with that division being even with know, that division. And, and yeah, I feel like the Chargers, the additions that they've made this offseason yep. uh, are really good. Well, Denver, speaking, of, speaking of the AFC West, your fifth A is Denver. Because look, when you can go out and get a quarterback as good as Russell Wilson, you yep. do it. You do it. You get you get Russell Wilson. By the way, minus one fifty for the Chargers to make the playoffs. And again, uh, you know, not to belabor Denver because I think we talked about the Russell Wilson. I think we've all had a chance to get the, you know kind of digest that. Yeah, Randy Gregory as well. Yeah, DJ Jones as well, who is, is a heck of a player. You bring back some guys as well. You know, you're you're bringing back Josie Jewell. You're not giving up a lot. You didn't give up a, a, that much in terms of draft capital, et cetera, necessarily to get Russell Wilson. Obviously, you had to get out of the first round. Overall, just a very solid offseason, a very necessary offseason for a team that's been stuck in neutral for so many years. Yeah, God forbid. They haven't had a good season since 2015. Uh, <laughs> as <laughs> as Tony's mother would say, for you. But, uh, yeah, the overall point is definitely true. Uh, and, you know, and we've talked about this before if you can get you know, russell wilson uh, we'll talk about it when you have when we have the least of the bottom five yeah. off seasons but uh if you can trade for russell wilson that's that's a home run in, in in and of itself everything else they did certainly was gravy after that hey man Bobby. the Bengals are pretty good 2013 2014 you can't get nasty about a team oh your last season was 2015 you were good yeah, back. Hey, listen you'd think that the from the broncos fans that it's been since they were in the afl the last time they were <laughs> unbelievable the caterwauling that goes on vertical striped socks baby vertical <laughs> striped socks uh, Rob, do you have a team that you particularly like their off season that did not make mike's top five well, I mean, it, listen, he did it before Tyreek was definitely traded to Miami. I don't know if uh, that would have affected it, but you have to put the Dolphins in there too. And uh, even the team that didn't 
get Tyreek. The Jets, I like what the Jets did quite a bit. Um, you know, part of it was grabbing my boy CJ Uzama. Uh, next to be seen as a co-host of Good Morning Football. He may not even make a catch uh, from Zach Wilson. He'll just go right to the broadcast booth, but he's a heck of a heck of a good guy, heck of a personality. And in case Uzama doesn't do anything particularly on the field, they also signed Tyler Conklin on top of him. So they got a couple of tight ends out of nowhere, just, you know, giving yeah. Zach uh, some comfort level because I feel like he plays – Far too out of control. Obviously, he's a rookie, but he he definitely is a guy. You look at him and the way he plays, and say to yourself, "There's a guy who needs some, you know, some binkies. A guy who needs somebody who can just dump it to uh, without trying to extend the play for thirty or forty minutes, like he tries yeah. to do on every play." So that'll help them a lot. And they, you know, resign some guys that they like interior uh, wise. And obviously, Miami. Going back to them, I mean, the Armstead Hill one-two oh. punch kind of out of nowhere here this week is obviously uh, great. It'll depend a lot on whether Armstead stays healthy or not. I think a lot of teams were questioning that, which is why his market didn't quite develop the way they thought it might. But, uh, you know, you, you can't argue with the talent upgrade that they have now in Miami. And uh, as we all know, all excuses uh, are off the table now for Tua. I think they probably know that, you know, they're already going to be looking for a quarterback probably next year. But, you know, listen to it. If you can't make it happen with those guys – you can't make it happen at all. So uh, I, I, I will emphasize Teddy Bridgewater was yeah. above average last year yeah. by good. DVOA and had a high, one of the highest in the league average depth of target. Right. Not only was he better than you think he was, he played a different game than he had played in the past. Mm -hmm. He, don't sleep on the idea that Bridgewater could become the starting quarterback and get that ball that's down the hill. Yeah, I think that's why. And he's like the perfect backup because he's kind of ego free. Uh, as I, I've had he does seem point. to be not a dick. He's not a dick. He's a great <laughs> kid. I've met him a couple of times. He's a really good guy. And uh, Kenny Bridgewater seems to be a pretty good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, not a dick. There's your. Uh, there's there's your, our comment. Player comment for pro football. Uh, exactly. Uh, 2022. Danny Bridgewater, higher depth of target and not a dick. And not a dick. Um, and there we are. We're talking about two more AFC teams, by the way. You know. Oh, yep. Yeah. Two more AFC teams. Let's talk about the bottom five. Now, I'm going to put a little asterisk on the bottom five, which is that I put this graphic together mm -hmm. uh, before the Tyreek Hill trade, and you dropped Kansas City's grade to a D. So Kansas City, it should be like the bottom six, and Kansas City should be the one AFC team on here. Yeah. But let's talk about the talent drain from the NFC. Bottom five off seasons are the, the bottom five off seasons are all in the <laughs> NFC. Starting with the Atlanta Falcons, a talent drain, and it's tricky because it's like, am I am I dinging the Falcons? for the last three years of things that they were doing right. with Matt Ryan, not getting a replacement, not a viable alternative, at quarterback extending his contract. Am I really like, like grading them for all of that? And the answer is yes. Yes, I am. That's part of the deal here. You have to sort of coherently put your team together. Um, I, I, Atlanta has done a couple things like pretty well. I mean, they, they bring back um, Cordero Patterson, which I think is a nice little move. Um, but the best thing you can say about the Falcons right now is that they are preparing, not rebuilding. Cause I might mention it earlier. They're not rebuilding. They're preparing to rebuild. They're a year away from rebuilding because they have to clear cap space. They've got to get rid of some of these vet veterans, and they pretty much have to let time elapse. Yeah, why they did stuff like re-sign Eric Harris, a 32-year-old safety, to a one-year deal. Like, they're yeah. not in the position to be re-signing 32-year-old players to one-year right. deals. Like, those players should be playing for other teams. They're a year away from being a year away. That's their yeah. main issue right now. So, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll interrupt here with a couple of comments on teams that didn't make our bottom five or our top five. CO the legend says, I like Tennessee's acquisitions of Robert Woods and Austin Hooper. They're yeah. not earth shattering moves, but they may have improved at both positions. Yes. I absolutely agree that Woods is an improve on what they got from Julio Jones last year. Yep. Uh, Watchernator says, why do you think the Steelers are keeping Devin Bush, but they cut Joe Schobert? Do they think Bush played better or other reasons? I think so. Cash money, too. Okay. They yeah. a lot more when they yeah, cash. Yeah, Bush is still on a rookie contract, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think they like his upside. I think as mistake prone as he has been, you can see the athleticism there, and they probably value him differently than 
you know, those of us who kind of watch the games value him. Yeah, I think they, they traded up, which they hardly ever do, to get Bush in the first round. And he was yeah. good as a rookie, and then he tore up his knee. And, you know, not everybody comes back immediately and, you know, becomes uh, the same player they were. So, you yeah. know, give, give the guy a little bit of a break there. And, yeah, Schobert yeah. is a journeyman. They had overpaid, so they got rid of him and, and put the salary cap dough somewhere else. Easy move. The Steelers always get a benefit of the doubt when it comes to linebackers. Maybe not how other things, but they get a benefit of the doubt for linebackers. So we'll, we'll trust them on this. No question. All right. Bottom five off seasons. We did Atlanta. Let's do Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you brought back um, Zach Ertz. You brought back Connor. You lose a lot of your tertiary guys. You lose your Christian Kirks. Um, you know, obviously you lose Chandler Jones. Uh, what's the plan? What's what's the momentum here for the Arizona Cardinals? And I didn't even take into account the fact that there's still Kyler Murray smoke right. out there. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's it, it's just I don't know what this team is de- doing. They they kind of spun their wheels. They've lost some of the guys that make themselves special offensively. That they didn't make any kind of groundbreaking moves on either side of the ball. And it's just it's one of those teams that the reason why they don't get criticized more is because. They have a smaller fan base and kind of smaller uh, uh, media pool, so we don't talk about them very much. Yeah, they're on the desert, sort of cast yeah, away yeah. from the mainstream. There, right. here's one for you. What if mm-hmm. we need another? We need one more blockbuster trade. What about yeah. two quarterbacks, similar styles, both the contract okay. impasses? So we think Kyler Murray goes to Baltimore for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> what 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 are what are the Cardinals throwing in with Mary there? Yeah, they got it. They got it. I don't know. <laughs> Quite a bit, I think. Maybe as the offensive coordinator, I guess. But uh, yeah, and, and one's at a contract impasse. The other one has forgotten th- to check their email and start talking about the contract. He doesn't even know. Yeah, a contract. Yeah. What's the contract? Don't I just? I'll get around to that. I'll get around <laughs> to that. We'll, we'll figure that out. Sure. But I, I do think that you know that there is some uh, potential for. Lamar not making it to a second contract in Baltimore. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Minnesota Vikings with a D. Controversial. Controversial, I suppose. And so part of it is you extend Kirk Cousins, and I think people are like, oh, here we go with the Kirk Cousins slander. He extended Kirk Cousins. You're doing the Matt Ryan thing. Vikings fans, you are doing the Matt Ryan thing with Kirk Cousins, except Matt Ryan was a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Okay. Yeah. That's where it starts. Then you had all these, like the, the goal of the offseason with the new regime coming in was we're going to clean house a little bit. There are all kinds of contracts with 30-something-year-old players that have been extended too far, and it's time to start moving on from that. Right away with Daniel, Daniel Hunter, you were trying to get an extension with him. It didn't work. He just ate the, the salary. And okay, Hunter's a heck of a player, so you eat his salary. You can't, can't get that done. You take Thielen. You extend Thielen. I don't think that's a terrible move, but like you're talking about a 30-something-year-old wide receiver. He's your wide receiver, too. You're now pushing problems into 2023, 2024. And then you bring in Zadarius Smith, and it's like now you're adding 30-something. You brought yeah, Hicks in earlier. You brought in Hicks at linebacker. These moves look a lot more like it's still Rick Spielman yes. than and they Zimmer. do like we hired yes. a new GM who's a yes. young analytics kid, and he's going to restart. the Like there's no restart here. Right. It's like we're stuck in this. We have to keep doing this for a while to stay competitive. I mean, for Cousins, it was like we got to free up some money so we have flexibility. And it's a quarterback, so I can – it's okay. All right. Why are you Why are you bringing in Zadarius? Why have you not come up with some kind of solution? Trade Hunter. Trade Hunter. You, you, just, you just saw what Khalil Mack got. Hunter get you get you some picks. Pick up the phone. Make a trade for him. Instead, you eat the salary. It, it, it's just – I think they think they're competing. I think they looked at that big F up there under Green Bay and said – Let's give it a shot. But yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. They do think that. Yeah. Then no, that's bad, bad, bad Vikings, bad. <laughs> I had to remind myself that Zimmer wasn't even the coach anymore. It's almost, you know, you see them, yeah, yeah. everybody's mocking him a cornerback in the first round and how they right. get guys who are going to do double A gap blitzing and everything's the same. And say, like, wait a minute, I thought they changed their whole operation there in the front right. office, but apparently they're, not. Yeah. No, they're extending yeah. contracts and adding 30 somethings. Yeah, it's all the same. It's weird. Would would Joey Sucks asks, would getting rid of Kirk Cousins have lowered or raised the Vikings grade? I don't know. Sort of depends know. what they got for him and yeah. how that would work. Right. Did you dump him for like the fifth overall pick or something? That's like, yeah, I would call that a win. Um, he did some goofy thing where you got Baker Mayfield in a pick where it's like, oh, we can 
jujitsu things around while yeah maybe if you did a matt ryan thing for you i i don't know i i i'd have to see it to like to grade it dallas cowboys get a d yeah boy they hit the sour cap wall didn't they big D. yeah they they aim for it (laughs) And, and okay i don't really know what happened with gregory it sounds like they got outbid at the last minute for gregory and gregory's agent threw a smoke bomb down and said oh this is about you know character and stuff like that um but you're getting outbid for guys okay and the Cowboys are a team that should have been doing what the Rams are doing, what the Buccaneers are doing. There's no tomorrow. Go. This is a this is a short window. We've got this group of guys. And instead, they've gone the opposite direction. You lose Gregory. You lose Cooper, obviously. You lose second-tier guys like uh, Cedric Wilson. So there doesn't seem like any rhyme. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, their third receiver is Noah Brown. Right. Yeah. Special teams ace. It's like Noah Brown, the Mac Hollins, Trent Sherfield of the, of the Dallas Cowboys. And um, – you know, again, this is this should be simple. Like it's like it should be like the Tennessee Titans. Uh, this division is pretty easy. Let's put ourselves in a position to win it. We could probably be a high seed in the playoffs, and then we can make things happen. And instead, they're kind of going the other direction. Yeah, they feel a little bit like the Vikings without the thought that the Vikings still have to compete with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's like they, they think they're easily much. They can just win this division by throwing a couple of contracts, extensions, and and just running back what they have and. Really, it's Dallas who has that opportunity, and and they just seem to be in the in the fog of their own making. They don't seem to have any plan for what they want to do. And I guess you can def- make an argument for some of those moves, obviously. And you yeah. can even make the argument that you know getting rid of Collins and putting Terrence Steele, a younger yeah. player, in there makes some sense. And all in a vacuum, some of them make sense. But the big picture, uh, they, they you know they they tied and yet they're still the favorites in that division. Yeah, they are still, and you know they they have big contracts that they regret, and they're trying to get out of it, but not in a coherent way. Oh, by the way, Brian Schottenheimer has just joined the coaching yeah. staff as he, in a Dwight Schrute <laughs> role as assistant to both of the running and passing game coordinators. So, yeah, they brought and, and and Jeff Schwartz was joking. So, so what does Mike McCarthy do again? What, what what's his role? He's you know, but but now so now with a hundred percent more Brian Schottenheimer on the coaching staff. That always goes well. It always helps. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's finish up with Green Bay. In walkthrough, you uh, gave each of these teams grade, not only an overall grade, but a grade for whether they improved the roster, whether they used resources well, and whether they had a coherent plan. And your listing for Green Bay for coherent plan was F all the minuses on earth. Yes. So say goodbye to Devontae Adams. Say goodbye on the offensive line to Billy Turner, who happens to be another Aaron Rodgers BFF. Okay. Say behind, I always lose track of the other guy, Lucas Patrick on the offensive line. Say goodbye to him. Say goodbye to Zadarius Smith, who was not really a contributor in 2021, but somebody you would like to have as a contributor. So it weakens your edge rush situations. You extend Preston Smith, the older and less accomplished of the two guys. Right, right, to try and make ends meet. They did a couple of things, right? They got Robert Tanyan back. Hopefully he's healthy, et cetera. But I guess here's my question. Has anyone heard from Aaron Rodgers on all this? This is, you know, he he, he Apparently could've... he knew that Devontae Adams was possibly going to get traded when he oh, signed did. his extension. He knew, according oh, to reports. This is a guy who could go on Patrick McAfee and, and, and Rogan and all these other podcasts and give us the – uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm so excited about the direction we're going in, and I, I, I knew it was happening, and I realized that he could do anything. He has like not that. done any of that. So guess what? <laughs> guess like, what? What does he like to say? The grass is greener where you water it. Uh, and not only did the Packers turn on the water, but they flooded all of Lambeau Field and uh, cast out <laughs> the entire everybody got washed away. It, yeah, it, it really is. When you're close to a Super Bowl, you don't want to be losing players like Devontae Adams. Right. <laughs> It's like they're they're at a certain point, especially especially when you feel like you have a one to two year window and let the salary cap of 2025 be damned. Yes. Take care of itself. That's what the Rams are doing. That's what the Buccaneers are doing. That's kind of what you have to do. And I think that is what they want to do with Adams. At least I think the plan was we can't keep Zadarius. That's going to be the sacrificial cut. We move on. We're going to get Adams to extend. And when that fell apart, but they were left in this nether region now where they all the money's invested in rogers rogers let's face it is going to be really miffed about this the draft capital is going to have to go to receiver and you're looking at a conference where they're falling behind they're just falling behind in the conference period 
I guess the only good thing, uh, the only good news is that they are in the NFC and they still only have to get around a couple of teams right. and they're not uh, completely overwhelmed by their opposition. I got to watch your six a little bit with the 49ers. Maybe I'm being a homer. You got to watch your six a little bit with the Philadelphia Eagles, depending on how the draft goes. You know, I don't think there's any doubt. Well, listen, yeah, you still have Rodgers. Uh, you still have Rodgers. You know, do they get Marcus Valdez? Right. In their back? division, I feel like, I mean, listen, unexpected things happen all the time. Right. But I, I still feel like in their division, Green Bay goes in as very clear favorites. Oh, gosh, yes. Let me look at the odds for that real quick. Uh, division winner, I'm guessing it's going to be about minus 200 or something like that. Minus 175 Green Bay Packers. Um, but that's it. It's winning the division, and then you get into the playoff tournament. And you know, it's like, oh, by then they'll know who their receivers are. Okay, let's see. Let's find out. But that'll bring me to nicely uh, my, you know, if you want to ask me the teams that are not mentioned above, and these are clearly all correct. But uh, just, you know, I just felt like both Chicago and Detroit, especially Chicago, with a quarterback in his second year, looking to maybe, you know, get that sort of Joe Burrow-esque bounce from the team. That The Bears could have done a lot more than they did. They didn't right. seem to really have the urgency around a quarterback of that nature and the the situation they find themselves in with, you know, the, the Packers in free fall and uh, the Vikings doing whoever knows what the Vikings are doing. It's almost like they had an opportunity to step in and be that surprise team, and they didn't really grasp it. Uh, maybe internally they think more of their players than than we do on the outside, but I, I just felt like there was, a, you know, a, especially with you know Larry Ogunjobi failing his physical, that hurt them too. Yeah. Uh, guy that they thought was going to be an anchor to their defensive line, but just in general, I just thought that they a little too quiet. There's still time to do stuff, and you know, obviously the draft, but uh, the Bears and and uh, of course Seattle. You know, we mentioned it before. I, I just, you just, to me, just, you don't, I, I know it makes sense. You want to say, yeah, let's, yeah. let's rebuild and do it now. But a guy like Russell Wilson just is so difficult to replace. I just, I just don't see them competing without falling ass backwards into another third round quarterback like Russell Wilson <laughs> in the future. Uh, uh, you know, for, and you can say they had to do it, but I would have done everything it took to keep him. My off season that I hate is the Patriots. Not because they didn't add anybody, because I'm used to the Patriots not adding anybody until late in free agency, uh-huh. but because of who they subtracted, uh-huh. right? I'm upset about J.C. Jackson leaving. They do not have a reasonable replacement for him at all. And I'm upset about the Shaq Mason trade. Yes, it saves you salary cap money, but that is a really, really good offensive lineman you just got rid of yeah. for a low pick. For nothing. Yeah, I, it's not. It's not that I didn't want it to be like last year where they signed a bunch of dudes. Like that was shocking last year. That's not normally how it works. But I would have liked to have not seen the departures, especially the Shaq Mason trade. Well, and also it wasn't the whole point of you know kind of when we went through the Steph Gilmore uh, you know deal where oh they got rid of him why are they doing that well they have JC Jackson they give yeah. him the money right and then they don't do that either it's sort of like. Bilicek is saying, I can just, I can turn anybody into an all pro cornerback and maybe he can, but it just, well, or the talk is they're going to play a lot more zone and try to depend more on the pass rush and what pass, you know, the same pass rushers they had last year, which is, you know, Matt Judon was good, but. And they're bringing back guys, bringing everybody back and bringing Malcolm Butler back and Trent Brown back and Malcolm Butler back. I would be surprised if Malcolm Butler doesn't even make the team. That's one of those things where you write a story about it in late March, and then at <laughs> the end of August, they release the final 53-man roster, and he's not on it, and you just forget yeah. about it. And, and then he signs it. with the Broncos and plays with Russell Wilson, and there's another story. And then he gets- <laughs> That'd be a great story, actually. Yeah, That'd I like great. that. Yeah. Um, one more question from Bill Houston. Thoughts about Allen Robinson going to the Rams? Very Here's quiet. my thought. Listen, I know Allen Robinson has a ton of talent. I know what he did in the past with bad quarterbacks. But last year with a not bad quarterback, but a unexperienced rookie, let's say, he was awful. Like it's not like last year you can talk you can chalk last year up to Justin Fields because in the past Allen Robinson had great quarterbacks. Right. Like he always was good despite bad quarterbacking. And then last year he was terrible. He looked awful. I know. Uh, Matt Harmon's reception perception, he thinks that Robinson still has it and that the problem was just that they didn't get him the ball. But every time I 
watch Chicago. He just didn't look like he was open at all. I I'm, I would not be shocked if Robert Woods has a better year than Allen Robinson. Well, I mean, I do think he mailed it in a little bit at a frustration. Yeah. I feel like he's yeah. in a situation now where he's not looked upon as a guy who has to be the number well, one. Well, he certainly will not mail it in now. He's in a Super Bowl. You're right. Champion. So, you know, that, that that hot poker is up the rear end a lot of guys. And, I, you know, it's I guess it depends on your expectations. Like, to me, he's in there to be, you know, a number a clear number two and to fulfill the uh, Odell role. Uh, and, you know, if you get anything beyond that from him, then it's gravy. I don't know that you will. I, I'm with you. I don't think he's this some kind of budding superstar, even in L.A., but he obviously has a good quarterback and a good team around him, and they're not going to ask him to do a ton, and they'll probably right. get some more receivers in there, and, you know, he'll be just another piece, and he'll make a big play here and there. And, you know, if that's all L.A. is looking for, then, then it's a success. But uh, they're not – you know, necessarily getting the Allen Robinson of three years ago. That's for sure. Yep. Agreed. All right. That does it for the show. Thank you to Mike. Thank you to Rob. Thank you to everybody watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe uh, on whatever, whether you're watching on Twitch or Facebook or YouTube or listening afterwards on the podcast network, you know, let people know about the show, let people know you like the show, like, and subscribe to the show. Uh, don't forget Tuesday at 1 p.m., the draft show with Mike and Derek Klassen, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Thursday, next Thursday, more free agency, and we'll see what trades happen in the next week. Talk. I'll be on vacation, but Mike will have you with Brian Knowles and some other folks. Uh, only so don't two o'clock. What? Plenty of time. It's only 2 o'clock in the East. Plenty of yeah, time. Yeah, plenty of time block. for another big trade today, actually. Make it happen. Lamar for Kyler. You're here. You're All right. Place. <laughs> Thank you all for listening and watching, and we will see you next week. Take care, everybody.